Welcome to Jesus Loves the World podcast. For more information and free resources, visit our website, jesuslovestheworld.info. Be blessed, empowered, and transformed in Jesus' name. The stage is set. Confrontation had reached its climax. Baal, the god of Jezebel versus Yahweh, the god of Elijah. Yahweh is Hebrew for the self-existent or eternal one. And in the English it's translated as Lord. This is classic high drama of evil versus good. Jezebel had identified herself with pure evil and became one with it. Her name means Baal exalts, or Baal is husband to, or unchaste. Elijah had identified himself with good, the one true God, Yahweh. Elijah's name means God is Yahweh. Yahweh is God, or my God is Yahweh. Elijah heard Yahweh's voice and spoke for him in a time when people did not hear directly from God. In fact, many had distanced themselves from God, consciously walked away from him. As Elijah was Yahweh's prophet, he declared many things. He declared a drought over the land, and the breaking of the drought with rain, and an ultimate demonstration of Yahweh's power he called fire down from heaven onto an altar. So when we come to the text today, we need to surrender our preconceived ideas and remember this is God's love story. He reveals himself in a way that each one needs and understands. And let me encourage you to listen to our podcast from the Close Encounters series to see how God reveals himself in very different ways. And when we talk about the prophet of God declaring a drought over the land, We need to understand the heart of God. God didn't want to cause distress. His desire was and is and always will be to set people free from the bondage of the flesh and evil. And knowing the truth about God and self breaks the chains of false and destructive beliefs. The destructive belief of the time was that Baal was believed to be a warrior god of thunderbolts and lightning, rain and fertility. Worship of the Baal god involves self-mutilation, ritual prostitution and even infant sacrifice. Everything was done in an attempt to manipulate and appease Baal so the people could get what they wanted. Ironically, they attributed power to Baal through their false belief and destructive beliefs, yet they were continually trying to gain power over Baal. Instead, they became trapped in a cycle of fear, falsehood, manipulation, and yes, pure evil. At the spectacular demonstration of Yahweh's power in fire on the altar, the bondage of fear and the power they gave to Baal was broken. 
As a result, those who saw, heard and believed declared, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And for the full drama, please listen to our podcast, Power Encounters, Fire from Heaven. For us today, we pick up the story where Jezebel heard the news of the defeat and humiliation of Baal with the fire on the altar. Instead of turning to the one true God like the people who saw and believed, she sought to kill Elijah. She declared open war against Yahweh, the one true God. The battle was now personal. Let's pick up the narrative. 1 Kings chapter 19 verse 1 to 18 And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life, and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went on a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die, and said, It is enough. Now, Lord, take my life for I am no better than my forefathers. Then as he lay and slept under the broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. So he arose, and ate and drank. And he went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave, and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, And a great strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire a still small voice. So it was, when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave 
Suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then the Lord God said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, anoint Hazael as king over Syria. Also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel, Mahola, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. It shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Hazael, Jehu will kill, and whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Yet I have reserved seven thousand in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. What must have been going on in Elijah's mind? Was he like Jezebel making it personal? The fact that she would never bow to Yahweh, did it affect him so greatly? Did he feel his reputation as the great prophet of God had been challenged and needed to be justified? Or was he simply tired, burnt out and withdrawn? He prayed that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Elijah was confronted with his own pride, and to realize that he is the same as everyone else in the sense of the human condition must have been a shock to someone who was so called, anointed, and a prophet of the one true God. How did Elijah define success and failure? Is it from people's responses or by being led by God and his will? Elijah is fighting the battle within. The realisation he is no better than his forefathers, conflicting with the fact he has seen and experienced the power of God blowing through him like no other. He reasons he must be the only one left, the only faithful one. We cannot be certain what was going on through Elijah's mind, but the New Testament writer makes it clear that Elijah is a man just like us. Elijah was sustained for 40 days with the food provided in the wilderness by the angel of God. Yet that was not enough. God asked Elijah twice, by name, Elijah, what are you doing here? God is being intimate and personal. He gives Elijah respect. He uses his name and reminds him of their relationship. Remember, Elijah means God is Yahweh. Yahweh is God. My God is Yahweh. God is the eternal, ever-present, ever-knowing, all-powerful. He knows the whole situation and why Elijah is there. Yet he pursues Elijah in love and engages with him, asking him the question, 
to give him an opportunity to pour out his heart to God. Elijah twice gives the same answer, word for word. I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, tore down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Elijah seems to be going through an identity crisis and relationship issues. He's compelled to respond to God by justifying his own commitment and zeal. His flesh has attached its identity with performance instead of relationship. He adds that he's alone, the only one. Is this Elijah's way of saying, even though there is a part of me that has come to realize I'm no better than my forefathers, I am, however, the only one who has been faithful? Is that how he's going to deal with the realization of the weakness of himself and humanity? Elijah's statement shows the false perception that he has of God, himself and others. The deceptions of the heart. Had Elijah forgotten the great multitude at the mountain of Carmel that declared, Yahweh is God, the Lord is God? Or even Obadiah who risked his own life against Jezebel, rescuing a hundred prophets of God from her sword? Needless to mention all others throughout the land that had not bowed to Baal that he knew nothing about. In his own pride, did he presume to know more than God? Or had he become that depressed and withdrawn that all he could see was his own situation? The more his perception and perspective had become clouded, the more and more he would withdraw and turn inward. Yet in between God asking the same question twice and Elijah answering the same way, something extraordinary happens. God steps down into Elijah's darkness and they have a close encounter like no other. Let us read verse 11 to 13 again. Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire a still small voice. So it was, when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Elijah was not alone. God was there. Not just in the fire on the altar or in the heavens of the rain, but with his intimate presence. In a gentle whisper, a still small voice, just like a refreshing breeze. At Elijah's weakest moment, 
God reached down and spoke to him intimately and personally. In the physical realm, to hear the gentle whispers of someone, you need to be close to them. Physically close. To be changed by that experience, be one with them. There needs to be a spiritual and emotional connection. A spiritual and emotional exchange. In that moment, Elijah heard and experienced the gentle whisper and breath of God. Intimately and personally. The people who believed in Baal needed to see and experience Yahweh in the way that they attributed the power to Baal. Yet Elijah needed to see and experience God intimately and personally. The God of the fire, the heavens, and all things good came down to Elijah and graciously listened, spoke gently, and revealed the truth of the situation to him. He gave him an eternal vision beyond his own existence and performance. Elijah had forgotten the eternal. It's so easy to do. He was focused on the discouraging circumstances surrounding him. There was no condemnation from God. But when God revealed himself in the power and stillness of his presence, Elijah was empowered to see through God's eyes into the eternal away from the inward uncertainty and deceptions of the flesh and the heart. As a result, the crippling cloud of depression passed. We too, like Elijah, can lose perspective, be motivated by performance or fear instead of relationship and love. We can even project our own stuff onto God. Yet God reaches down into our darkness. Even when we feel we are drowning in our stuff, he says, Listen to me. I love you. If you feel unworthy to receive my love, come closer and look at my nail-pierced hands. I have paid the cost for you to receive and believe. Let me give you eyes to see into eternity and ears to hear my gentle whispers of love. Right now. As you're listening to this podcast, just be still. Turn your attention and your eyes to him and let him whisper your name and tell you, I love you. For more information and free resources, visit our website, jesuslovestheworld.info. Be blessed, empowered, and transformed in Jesus' name.